Hello, we are live. There was no countdown because I'm really uh, a little bit uh, off kilter today because I've arrived in, in Swindon and I'm in a hotel room. So welcome to Speaking About Speaking. And as you can see, I have the wonderful, fantastic Mark Masters in the room with me. Welcome, Mark. Good to be here, Jackie. Good to be here and spend 30 minutes to talk about the topic that's close to your heart. Yes, absolutely. Speaking about speaking. And it's and we were literally just talking before we came on that um, that sort of hor horrible feeling of knowing you've got a talk coming up very, very soon. And uh, how do you keep it all in your head? And how do you do how do you do that? Before we start that, though, as I say, I'm a little bit off kilter because this is a strange space for me to be in. And then this weird hotel room in the Holiday Inn in Swindon, ready for my talk tomorrow. But just a little bit about you. Uh, my guest for this episode is, of course, Mark Masters, community creator and people powerhouse. Uh, Mark says he's a marketer on a mission to empower people to create businesses that others naturally want to be with. And I know that to be absolutely true. Mark is founder of You Are The Media, a collaborative, creative community of fabulous people, including me, where he shares his values of creativity, independence, visibility, experimentation, co-learning, community, and self-sufficiency, and where we have become the media. So we are self-sufficient marketers. Mark is first and foremost a marketing consultant, but he's also a speaker, author, community leader, event organizer, educator, and Thursday morning newsletter paperboy. Plus, briefly, a stand-up comedian, which I love. We will talk more about that. Uh, so I'm really excited to have you here, Mark, because as I also said in that little post I put out in LinkedIn, if it wasn't for you and you are the media and all those guys you brought into the room in lockdown, I wouldn't be doing this right now. So what really have you got to say you. for yourself? It's really kind. Appreciate that. I'll take, I'll take all these little... Um, these... I do, and it does mean a lot when you say things like that. It does mean a lot because sometimes we don't necessarily uh, pause and look around us to see how it helps and helps people feel a part of something to join in and 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 enable us and give us the confidence to try out these new projects and ideas that we have. So it means a lot. Thank you. Oh well, you're you're more than welcome. I mean, I knew you are the media before we went into lockdown. But I can remember coming along to the Shelley Shed with you as a uh, ringmaster kind of thing, you know, out there on the on the little stage that, that they had there at the Shelley with a, a room full of people eating lunch and talking. And it was just the most creative and great bunch of people that I'd sort of been, been any networking that I'd been part of before. So I was really pleased to be there. But I got to know you all better, I think, on the Zoom screen because we just, I don't know, and I, I don't know if it was that the, uh, the, learn, the month of learning, I suppose, where we ended up in breakout rooms and obviously I got to know people better. So tell me a little bit about how you how you came to You Are The Media because you have kind of come from a marketing background. Mm. You wrote the book and and did that lead you into sort of speaking? How did, how did you end up yeah. getting on stages and talking for You Are The Media and sort of presenting in that way? Yeah, let's, yeah. So um, 2013, I was in a really tough place, a lot of bad debt. Uh, and when you are left with nothing, 
it teaches you to be resourceful over having resources. So I, I began a newsletter called You Are The Media. This is the thing. It started on the 9th of October 2013. And 10 years later, Jackie, we are still here doing it. And I sent a newsletter every Thursday and I just kept going. And then that learning, this is how it all kind of ties in, is that the learning that I was sharing, I wanted to write it down. At the time, I, I found this space within content marketing. And then I wrote a book in 2015 called The Content Revolution. And so as I, I was writing to help me learn and I reached out to people around the world, we created a... Um, I created a series called Talking Content Marketing. It enabled me then to reach out to the people that we're still friends with today. People like Trevor Young uh, was the first or second person that I interviewed and other people that we know so well that we're still, we're still all here today. So I, 2015, I published a book called Content Revolution. And then, Jackie, that what that did was feed my ego to a place that we never, we, we, that, that took us, put us on a pedestal, and it enabled us to talk around the world. Um, it's great, but you do get swallowed up by your own self-importance. So I was traveling. There was even a conference in Brazil that was called the Content Revolution. So that was where I first met Mark Schaefer in 2016. Um, and it enabled me to travel. So having a book that related to content marketing then put me on the radar of other initiatives around the world, such as uh the Content Marketing Institute and talk of content marketing world that brought me in the radar of people like Joe Pulitzi that I brought back into the youth media space. So I made sure that when I traveled and spoke, it also enabled me to reach out to other people that were far more talented than, than me, but to be friends with other people. So that became my um, leaning in point around creation, content marketing, uh, and, and building um, audience and our focus on our audience and who we create for. So the book became my uh, pivot to making that step to talking to broader audiences. When I say broader audiences, beyond local, uh, uh, regional and um, speaking platforms, but I'm not, I'm not dismissing them at all. It just put you to a wider space. Yeah, I have to say, I didn't realise that. I didn't realise that the book had sort of taken you out into the world like that. I mean, I asked Mark Schaefer last week about obviously the, the importance of writing a book on getting you on stages and speaking to your, you know, your potential customers, mm. clients and, and, and that sort of thing. What do you think is the importance of getting on a stage and speaking uh, or having a book to get, get you on a stage and speak? Yeah, it's all around. Mark wrote the book on known how we can find our little idea, how it helps with our identity and then other people to know what it is we represent and our space that people can think, oh, that's him or her that relates to how we want, how we become tuned in and how we can talk with ease is how we become known for that thing within our industry. So mine at the time was around content marketing but also the reason I wrote the book as well was this understanding on my hope, hope belief and everything that I do, Jackie, around no one's going to pick us, everyone. No one's going to choose us. So we have to choose ourselves always, which is why having the medium of a book is a brilliant way 
that we can share that story. And, and if people read it, we can self-publish today and the ways that we can broadcast and share. I'm all about how we find mediums, but we put it to our advantage. It was my way, it was no way of making money because we don't make money from the books that we write, but it was to be seen as a trusted person in the eyes of others. And, and it did, honestly, it did help me. Book kind of changed and my whole approach to work has changed since then. So it's not something that I necessarily push. But trust me, people still in, like those people. I know conferences where they will only approach people that have published this idea that they've put it in the work around the topic area that they want to be um, seen as a trusted practitioner in. So, yeah, it is important. Yeah. And so I assume then because you've got a book, you have you have a, a kind of a ready prepared talk. Did, yeah. did, you, did you sort of step onto stages and you were just talking about the book? Did you sort of uh, how did you prepare for, for, for talking about the book? Yeah, the book became that stepping stone. So the book became a stepping stone on an overall thinking. And then I created talks and presentations that picked up on themes that were in the book because you didn't want to create something that was uh, for your own self-promotion and how and how good the book was. But if you can pick, pick strap, this is the thing. We spend time, we put our heart and effort into create and produce and to publish. And it's such a waste when then it's gone and it's and it's lost. So there is this strength in finding themes to lean into that you can share to wider audiences. So within these books are many presentations that we have to to share with other people. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I, if there is anybody out there listening, I've got a feeling maybe there was a mix up on LinkedIn Live and uh, they are waiting for five o'clock mark <laughs> i've just put a post out to say we are here and we are live so do come along and uh, join us if you are out there uh, we are live on linkedin and on youtube and if you are watching this on the replay do add a comment uh, to come in and ask us your questions because we'd we'd love to speak to you so in, there you are, you're, you're out in the world, you're talking to all these fabulous people like Joe Paluzzi and Mark Schaefer and all of these greats that you brought into the Zoom space. Mm. How, 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 how did they help you create You Are The Media? I mean, was there, was there something in what they were doing that you brought back to You Are The Media? It's around association, okay? So I always believe that I don't want to be... Right. If we can be seen and sitting on that table with the uh, with other people that are in held in higher esteem, or they've produced work that has helped make an imprint in the industry or a practice, and people can see that you are associated with them, it makes everything that you do stronger. And we saw that in lockdown. So. I, for the first time in our lives, we saw that there was no boundary to geography, to the, to our, where we lived. So it enabled me to reach out to other people that I was familiar with and ask them to help out. Okay, we went to people that we know. I, there's no bias. There's someone has done good work nearby where we live or within a short radius from where we live. That's great. But if we do believe in something that people can get behind an idea – and there's many, many other people around the world that can come and share their story. It just so helps us all 
that where you, when you have an association with somebody else who has produced something, has become uh, a, a, a good person within their field, and they and they know that they are on your side, it elevates everything. I just believe in spreading our wings and we can take out any way that we can reach out to these people. And, and it's all about asking. And I asked somebody this, and I asked somebody this during the time. Why did you agree to say yes? Why did you say yes to me? It's a bit like yourself and a podcaster reaching out to people. And for the majority of people, they said it's because you you asked. And it's how we ask in the right way. The wrong way is when we send a cut and paste email. So someone knows I'm just part of this. Someone's just throwing this out and I'm no different from everybody else. But if you can pick up on a thread or what somebody else has shared or something else that we enjoy and they can see it's written from you and it's not part of an automated send, it's these little simple ways that makes it easier for other people to agree to step into that space with us. And that's what I've always practiced. I did the work a few years ago, and now we're coming to see the benefits of it. Well, those great people are in the same space of us. We all stand shoulder to shoulder now, uh, Jackie. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And they they appreciate what you're doing because they can see what you're doing. And obviously, the, as you say, we're shoulder to, shoulder to shoulder with them, which is fabulous. And so the You Are The Media Conference, did that come from what you were seeing in the States, say, when you were traveling and when you were in Brazil and the conferences that you were attending and speaking at about the book. How did that relate to the conferences that you put together for You Are The Media in the early days? Yeah, so in the early days, it was exactly this. No one was, wasn't getting picked, same to many of us. No one, no one asked us to step up and talk. And I'm, I am from the area of Dorset, and I thought, why do we always have to get on trains to go to London or to bigger cities to go to reputable conferences? So can I do one where I can bring it? So 2018 was our first year. Mark Schaefer, he came over from the US to join in. How can we put on events that are that 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 are at the seaside that people can come to and enjoy and participate in? But was also around, yeah, the, this idea that we want to get picked and we want someone to say yeah we'd love you to join in and to share that on the most part it doesn't happen jackie so we have to if we believe in what we do we have to work hard and build that platform for ourselves because then we can invite other people to stand and share that space with us then other people can join and it's just progress and i'm learning all the time things don't work things and things that i know that are working but i've gone through we've gone through well, the challenging times now, hopefully coming out the other side where we're well versed in all this and know what works. And we all know how to create an occasion that people enjoy and feel a part of. And that is so empowering where we all are today. Yeah. It's like this when you talk about on a stage and you're presenting, it's your voice. Chat GPT didn't shape it. It's what's in our head and, and what the, the experiences and the knowledge that we've built and that is why this is so good, particularly when we're talking about presenting and having that platform to do that. This is what an AI cannot take is our relatable experiences that we have with others. And when we have that privilege to share it with others, that is that is a defining now. That's a defining time for all of us. That is how we now start to differentiate. So 
what you're doing with this ability that we can, how we learn to speak and present and orate and find our voice, come back to it and and in the confidence in ourselves. That now today is becoming such a empowering place in an in an age of AI. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Yeah, you. yeah, we do, we do, and that's what I love about you, Mark, is that the, the experimental. You're happy to experiment. You're happy to learn. You're happy to step forward and say, "Look, I don't know what I'm doing. Can somebody help?" And actually, what you do with the with the the conferences and the events is that yes, you are there as as the front man, as the as the full guy, but actually, you are very happy to hand over to other people and 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 allow other people their space as well. So. So has that let, me, let me pick up on that, right? Is that we can easily get sucked into ourselves and our own, again, our own self-importance. Sit there, everyone, look at me. But then you realize all the different talents that other people bring to the party. For instance, you and your ability to show people how to breathe. And we did that at the start of this year's Creator Day. To just to put everyone in a relaxed frame of mind rather than say hello to the person on your left and tell them where you come from and where you work and everything else is these skill sets that other people bring and that's that's the power of all this is for instance when you kind of got everyone up and uh, up stand up breathe it put us all in a much more switched on place ready to take part there are other people that are much better at, at presenting than me there are other people within that that can host far better than me so it's this melting pot that we create and we realize all these different facets and skill sets then it becomes so much fun where we can all join in together rather than thinking it's it's my ball i'll do what i want with it yeah yeah i mean it's it's that thing of 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 being the person on the stage talking at the audience or the person that's on the stage engaging the audience and bringing the audience in and that's why uh, I was so happy to get on the stage and do the breathing. And I, I felt so comfortable. It wasn't... Can do it again next year? Can we do that so, again? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Never say no. You know me. <laughs> uh, we have a question. We have somebody. We have James Bonato. Uh, hi, James. I know you were here uh, last week. So do you feel you can be more effective speaking in front of a live group as opposed to over Zoom? I keep being invited on podcasts, but I don't know if I'm being effective online. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? That was, I always remember we had on James. We had um, during COVID, we had a man called David Meerman Scott, and his it was during how we present. And like when we're on Zoom or this screen now, it's all within this and how we use our hands and how we gesture and all this within this contained space, this little box that you see now, James. Whereas when we're on that bigger space, that stage or whatever it is, or that room that we have people in front of us, is that ability to. And this is the thing I always found really tough. Don't know if you find this as well, James. You cannot gauge anything. And I'm talking to you, Jackie, but when you're given a presentation on Zoom or whatever you're on, you cannot gauge a smile or or, or, or you know those pauses when you hit that button and you know that the audience are with you and no one's chattering. And it's it's a completely different dynamic. But man alive, I'll be up for that ride with everybody that's in front of me. Um, when I delivered it, when I spoke at Creator Day, I was touched, and and it was, there was a topic I picked up on that that hit me, and I got upset on stage. Um, if I did that on Zoom, it would have just me getting upset in a room. 
but because I did it on a stage in front of everybody, I knew people were there with me, and it was just nice when someone shouted out a go mark or whatever it was. Yeah. And you know that people were there with you. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it, James? It's tough, um, but they're just totally different disciplines. One is both are great in their own right, but oh, I just I just feel so uncomfortable when I, I cannot see a smile or, or or something that shows an emotion that I can that ha- helps us all feed us yeah. on and encourage us. Yeah, as, as I was I was saying to you before we came on, I've got a talk tomorrow, and it's the first one that I've done for. Well, it's, I suppose it's the it's first, first one. one that kind of feels like it it matters it's it's one that is has i've been asked to do an inspiring talk which all, <laughs> always is a little bit of a oh really I don't, how do i do that um so there is the the added kind of um the added onus on being inspiring but also being in a room where i don't want to have bits of paper to refer to whereas when i've been presenting on zoom i've had the pay bits of paper as a safety blanket you know they've surrounded the screen and they've been there if i needed to look at them um so but you you walk out on stage every single time and you are just you do you what do you prepare if you've got a talk to to give like you were saying uh, you're going to be talking for for Michelle Haslam at her networking thing. How will you prepare for that? Um, it's about knowing your subject matter. Um, if I it, right to prepare is again one a central theme or a topic that I know that I'm going to be presenting, and the more that I can bring my own experiences and stories into the middle of the room, then even better. As long as I, I will always step into knowing these are the main points that I want to get across. And this is the way that I conclude. And then I want people to understand and take away. But if I can blend into that, my own experiences, it, help, it helps me presenting as well. Because I, if I'm talking about something I've experienced firsthand, then it's okay to meander a bit. And it's okay to have those silly little moments when you're making fun of yourself or the situation you was in. But the most important thing is is to understand that space that we represent rather than garbled anecdotes that we've read somewhere else or reading off a screen. As long as we can talk from the heart and it's something that we believe in, it makes it so much easier. I think I've kind of just got to that place over the years where I'm genuinely interested in this topic area that I talk about in terms of self-sufficiency and, and, and creation and building a space that we can welcome people to that isn't necessarily where we're always fighting with everybody else on LinkedIn or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. I generally have an interest in that. So when I talk to people, it's what I believe in. And I, and I feel quite open now sharing my mistakes, not mistakes, challenges and, and what it's been like pushing this car up a hill but in the past 18 months or so, there's been many other people, such as yourself, Jackie, that have been helping push that car. It becomes a joint effort. Fabulous. It does. We've got Mo with us. Hello, Mo. Uh, Hello. Uh, Mo is asking, you quite often say that your experimentation with hybrid events didn't work. Why was mm. that? Because I thought yeah. your approach was quite groundbreaking. Thank you, Mo, because I w- have wanted to ask that question too. Because I... I liked the hybrid. Yeah, those were there. Loved it. We had a great time. Um, but, right, so those that don't know, uh, as we started to come out of lockdown in July 2021, let's find a way that um, people have a choice. 
they can still stay on Zoom if they feel comfortable. Or as we are slowly coming back into the room together and finding our small, sharpen our small talk again, let's come together. And we put the event in theatres. So we turned the theatre into having giant Zoom screens. And the reason I say failure, Mo, most people prefer to still be on Zoom. When I wanted people to come together and have lunch, that's where the that's where everything was heightened. I was just disappointed. I know it was there. It was intended to be there for Zoom. But I, looking back now, I gave people choice, too much choices, too many choices. So th that's why if you had everyone that would have been in the room, it would have been amazing. But listen, I, I just kind of tested it. And there was lots and lots of people on Zoom. It was fine because people could tune in from around the country then. But there were a lot less people in the physical space. And... It was so hard technically to get this to work, as we all found out that happened at Christmas 2021, was it? When we had the power cut in the theatre. So the uh, the time it takes to set up is a you're doing something that is completely new. You're asking theatres. I know it's easy enough to connect to the Wi-Fi and everything else. But there are older theatres that are about where the Wi-Fi may not be as switched on as it is in the main theatre than it is. Uh, on the outside, there was so much admin that goes into it, and that adds to the that adds to the buildup and the frustration. Any event that we're putting on, the more that we can limit uh, the complexities of it, or getting people to help us, makes it far more easier when we deliver. It's it just listen. It was it was groundbreaking. It was something I hadn't done before. It was a massive learning lesson. But what I learned from it helped sharpen what became much stronger when we delivered live events and what became the you the media creator day but i do see it as a yeah i do i don't want to use the word failure but it was just something that just didn't work as well as i anticipated yeah but you glad you you gave it a go do you know what as long as we can say we give this stuff a go jackie because it's easy just to copy and replicate what's out there or create networking events or meetings or whatever i'd rather get old and know that i gave something a go and i put my bet and I put we all put heart and effort into it because that becomes the good stories to tell when yeah. we're on stage and we can recall these uh, these these moments that happened yeah they 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 become anecdotes so they become part of your story which is, story. is, is uh, we got Richard Hirinator here hello Richard uh, that can be exhausting purely having the zoom screen rather than anyone else in the room to interact with so that's yeah, yeah. going back Richard yeah. to to not having having anybody there to speak to. Uh, completely you know is, can I just pick up on that? Get the yeah, back up again. Yeah. Can you get Richard's question, what you, what you shared again? Can you get that yeah. up? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, you're picking up. I just want to pick up something as well. That is, is exhausting. Again, bringing on what Mo talked about, is when you're talking to an audience that is in the theatre and also an audience that is on Zoom, you're effectively creating two shows in one. So when we talk, when we pick up on the hybrid event, that was exhausting of knowing where your eyes are. Am I at that screen there, or am I at that person that's sitting in that row there? You're, and it's it was oh, it was so messy. Ugh. It, it was hard. Yeah. I did. Have a, I had a conversation with um, uh, with John Burkhart, who was speaking at that very first one and saying, well, how, how hard was that to where, you know, you, you, exactly as you say, you were splitting your audience. And we did this, didn't we, in the speaker club the other, <laughs> the other week, is that you don't know if you're, who you're talking to. 
so I can imagine that was difficult, and uh, and I know I know John Burkhart found found that slightly frustrating, not knowing whether to look out to the real people or to look up to the screen. So, but so yeah, I think, set, isn't it? All this yeah. is the skill sets that we build, and and this is I guess the this whole this topic we're talking about is who we are addressing, whether it's a subject matter or whether it's standing in front of others and knowing that we are engaged with the people who are in front of us rather than not knowing where to look. So that, that, that's, yeah. our, that's, our, that's the topic, the thread that we're picking up on this. Day. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Mo saying thank you makes sense from a commercial and organisational level. I agree. It's just more human being there in person. It absolutely is. And, yeah, I'm going to find that out tomorrow as I'm standing there giving my little inspirational talk. So I'm looking forward to that. I cannot believe it's coming up to 29 minutes past. And I'm just wondering whether if we finish now, uh, whether everybody's going to be really disappointed because they, they missed it. They all come along at five o'clock. But that's that's the way it is, unfortunately. So I'm going to ask you, Mark, what I ask everybody is, what makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck, in your opinion? In my opinion, um, what makes a good speaker good? Do you know, but I, not that I prepared or anything else okay, with what you've asked. When you know it's a good speaker is when they can find that flow and it all blends in. Not there yet, nowhere near it. But those kind of little stories that we weave in and those moments, the good speakers, when you can take someone on that journey, I'm trying to get better at it. The moments when I want and I've, we've had this during your speak like a speaker club sessions is when you want to get your point across and then you stop. And I know that that what makes a really good speaker is, is when you take people on this little roller coaster ride. And the moments when they are absolutely locked in. But you know those moments, those pauses to get that message across that's in somebody's head. And what makes a speaker suck? Again, I guess it comes back to that subject matter. When you are reliant, you've covered it before, when you are reliant on that comfort blanket that's in front of us, whether it is a PowerPoint slide whether it is the amount of words that we have on the screen. And that really grinds my gears. And I suppose for many of us is when we look at the person who's talking at the front, but their eyes are directed away at the screen to help prompt them. So that to me is like, that is uh, that doesn't help anyone, Jackie. I absolutely agree with that. I know that completely. Uh, let's just finish off by I'm showing... showing your uh this is the you are the media website so people can go there and find everything that they need to know i am a very proud member of the yatam club so that's there for people to go and have a look at Thanks. and this is well just yeah the the club is brilliant it's a, a space where you can you can talk to other people in the membership you can share your winning Explain a little bit about the club, Mark. Yeah, so um, I wanted to test, again, I, I, I wanted to test out, and now we have an official club. But for people who want to create, 
want to build something to build something that they have ownership of again this uh, this area of being self-sufficient it's very lonely when we're trying to figure it out all on ourselves so that's the focus it's got nothing to do with we're gonna go all about pinterest today everyone we're gonna it's all about how we find the confidence around the area that, that we want to become specialized in it's a learning community so within that we, i will deliver uh, one main learning session a month we have collective sessions where it's the it's the now the talents of the group, but the most important thing is the importance of access to each other. You step into a community because you know you want it's what's you want to take value from it. But the main benefit is the access to each other. We're sharing ideas, we're making things happen. We've even created a panel that we're about to deliver in two weeks' time at the college. It's all about now everyone. Very simply, it's passing the mic around to each other. That's what we're seeing happening. New initiatives that are being led by others from within the you of the media community. That's what community represents. Share ideas, work together, motivate each other, and to be accountable to the work that we do and the people that we do it with. Fabulous. Fabulous. And then if you want to come along live, there's all these fabulous events going on as well. So you've got the Matey um, co-community. So that's the community of you, you are the media and John Experience Espresso Club coming together. And then obviously there's a, a lunch club as well. Yeah, there's loads on. So that's for the rest of the year. And then into 2024 is how we continue with lunch clubs where we have where we're based on being lazy because that's where I live in Paul. So we have lunch clubs that are in Paul and all roads will be leading to the U of the Media Creator Day in April 2024 at the Lighthouse. Yes. And I, the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, but we've run out of time, is how do you how do you um, pick your speakers? How do you how do you make the decision yeah. what, what who who gets on the stage? Yeah, good question. I do not have a call for speakers. I have a topic, and the topic for twenty twenty four is called building spaces. So people that have built spaces that away from social media. How we use social media for reach and for people to see us, but how how the people who are out there in the big wide world that are working hard to carve their own spaces. When I say the own spaces, whether it's subscription, whether it's a, an email list that they send to with their own newsletters. So what I do is I go out around the country and find other people from all different backgrounds that are doing good work. And what, because what I do, because it's in the theater, we've got to put on a show, right? And it's this thread. Again, this flow of a story of, or of a story arc that we can bring together in the theater it takes time. We are there, Jackie. We have our presenters organised that I will share with everybody towards the end of October. I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm I'm really sorry if um, if we've messed up the, the five o'clock, four o'clock mix up on, on LinkedIn. So apologies for that uh, if you are watching on the replay. But this has been well worth watching and listening to. So thank you so much for being here, Mark. Just very, very quickly, I'm going to show the Power to Speak website address, powertospeak.co.uk. And just to let you know, I've got a group program starting on November the 6th. They are There are only eight places. So you can go to powertospeak.co.uk, check out the blog uh, page and find out more about that. So thank you everybody for being here and i will see you next week and thanks again mark thank you bless you thank you for having me on jackie appreciate it